and we have not laid down our lives for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we thank you, God, for just even this moment, Lord God, as you're ministering to us, oh God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for the word that's coming forth tonight, God. We thank you for the man of God that has been preparing, that has been studying so diligently before you. We thank you, Father, that the enemy has not touched him, Lord God, or his family. We thank you, Lord God, that you have kept him in his right mind. We bless you, Father, that he is in right standing with you, oh God. We thank you, God, that our teacher is in right standing with you, oh God. We thank you, Father, that we are in right standing. And for those, Father, who have fallen, we that are spiritual, Lord God, we will lift our brethren up so that they may be in right standing. We won't stop, Father. We won't quit, Lord God. Until we all, Father, have our eyes fixed on the same genuine call, Lord God. We thank you, Father, that we will walk worthy of the calling to which we have been called. We thank you, Father, we will lay aside, Lord God, all idols that we have erected, Father. We thank you, Father, we will pour down every stronghold, Father, we have built up in our minds, oh God. We thank you, Father, that every fear, Father, will be eradicated, Father. Every place the enemy has trampled, everywhere the enemy has gone in our lives, Father, we thank you that in the name of Jesus, your blood penetrates. We thank you, Lord God, that, Father, what will be resurrected, oh God, is the new man, the new creation. We thank you, Father, that we live out your word. We thank you, Father, that we live for you and live for you alone, Lord God. We thank you, Father, that we can be a light, Father, in this dark, Father, world. That we can speak life, Father, to those who are dying. That we can speak wisdom to the, to the ignorant, Father. That we can, Father, bring peace on the scene in the middle of chaos. That, Father, even just a touch, a handshake, a smile, a hug, Father. Even a thought and a prayer, Father. That it will change the very direction, Father of a lost soul. So I thank you, Father, that we don't put ourselves before you, but we die, Father. We mortify our flesh. We thank you, Father, that our minds, Father, are being redirected, Father, and being transformed and renewed by your word. We thank you that we don't put on a facade, Lord God, that we're not hypocrites, or fake Christians, God. We thank you, Father, that we don't speak a lie, professing to be of you, Father, when really we belong to the enemy. We thank you, Father, that you will pull us, Father, from a place of ignorance and deceit, Lord God, and bring us into your marvelous light, God. We thank you that you are a forgiving God, 
And you, Father, honor when we are honest, Father. So our hearts, Father, are open. Everything is naked and open before you, oh God. We don't hide anything. We're truthful about everything with one another, Father, most importantly with you and with ourselves, Lord God. No more self-deception, oh God. No more deceit, God. We thank you, Father, that you're guiding our every footstep. That your word, Father, it lights the path of righteousness for us to walk down, Lord God, and never take another path, God. We thank you, Lord God, just for us being able to hear your voice, Father. Whatever's hindering, Father, and blocking us, Father, from truly, Father, experiencing you. Let it die, Father, and wither away, Lord God. Let us have a true and real relationship with the true, real, and living King. Because you deserve it. Father, be our reality. I thank you, Father, we did not die in a fallen state. But you have given us another chance, another opportunity to get it right. Because you're so gracious. You're so kind and you're so loving. And we remember that, Lord God. And we take hold of that. And we, Father, don't take it for granted. We thank you, Lord God, for the body of Christ. We thank you for the fivefold ministry that's for the body of Christ, perfecting it. So that we may all, Father, come to complete obedience. You're worthy. We say you're worthy, oh God. We confess with our lips that you are our all in all. Take us higher, Father, as we continue, Father, to kill and mortify the flesh. We thank you, our blessed Savior and righteous King. In Jesus' name. you this evening, Father. We honor you today, and we just, Father, we gaze upon you. We behold you in your greatness, Lord. We just, we stand in awe, Father, of just who you are, just how mindful you've been of us, and how you just saturate us with your mercy, Father, and with your goodness, and you just allowed us to come together again today, Lord, because you appointed this day that we would commune with you, Father. Father God, that you would come down and, and tabernacle with us, Father. And, and, and through your spirit, Father, you would speak through us tonight. Father, we honor you tonight. We bless you for the men and women of God in this ministry. Glory to God. We thank you for their dedication, for their sacrifice, Lord. We thank you for Sister Whitney, Father, for Minister Whitney. Father, I thank you for the spirit that dwells within her, Father, her persistent dedication to the cross, Lord. I see your mighty works in her life, Father, and I honor you for it. 
I thank you that you sent her to work alongside us, Father, for the anointing that rests on her life, Father. I bless and I honor you, Lord, because I see you in her, Father. When she speaks, you speak, Father. When she moves, you move, Father. When she thinks, you think, Father. And I see you in her, Lord. Oh, Lord, we bless you tonight for the ministers in this ministry, Lord. I see you in my brother Al. Father, and how he handles your word, how he conducts himself amongst unbelievers, Father. How he speaks your word with authority, Father with the knowing of who you are in his relationship. Father, we honor you, Father, for the dance ministry. Father, I thank you how you just control and con control her body, Father, and how you maneuver her, Father, and allow her to be moved by the Spirit. How it ministers and sets free. It's the ministry of deliverance. And I thank you, Father. Oh, I bless you, Lord. I bless you for the intercessor as she stands in the gap for those who don't know how to pray for those who are in darkness father for those who are backslidden she stands in intercession she laments before you tirelessly father and she doesn't lift until you say it's done i thank you that you would bless me to work on alongside these people As I saw him walk through the door, Father, I just saw your spirit. I just saw your spirit, Lord, because you cause us to overcome. You cause us to be victorious. You cause us to hope in you. You cause us to trust in you. We thank you tonight. We honor you tonight. All I can say is thank you, Lord. All I can say is thank you, Lord. Because you bless this house with believers. You bless this house with believers. You gave us something that would truly seek you. That would truly lay their life down. That would truly be set apart. That would stand for righteousness. I see you in her life, Lord. I see the man of God coming. And she's not seeking him, but she's in preparation, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Father, for her life. Thank you for her life, Jesus. I pray against every demonic entity that will try to interfere with your plan for her life, Father. We come against every demonic entity that would seek to persuade her away from the truth, Father. We pray you anoint her ears, Father, to only hear your voice, Lord. You would anoint her eyes, Father, to only see the cross. That you would, Father, continue to be a light unto her feet, Father. I pray protection, Father, over the ministers of this house, Father. We pray protection, Father, over intercessor fee, Father. We pray protection over her mind, Lord. As the enemy seeks to sift her, Lord, let it come tonight, Lord. We hand her mind over to you, Lord. And we pray tonight, Father, you would just protect it, Lord. 
continue to let the word rise up in her father we know the warfare over her life lord because you've called her and you've equipped her father for the work of the kingdom lord so father we thank you for her life today father we thank you you continue to keep her lord in the right mind lord she continues to serve you father wholeheartedly father we come against every distraction father in her home that would pull her away from the truth father that would pull her away from your focus father against it Lord in the name of Jesus that you would saturate that home with the blood of Christ Father no longer Lord no longer Lord that the warfare would cease over her mind Lord that it would cease over the woman of God she's your intercessor Lord She's your intercessor, Lord. She's your intercessor, Lord. I pray for Rocket, Lord. I pray for Rocket, Lord. I pray over her mind, Lord, that the warfare, Lord, the plans that the enemy would have for her, Lord, to distract her from her purpose, Lord, we come against it in the name of Jesus, Lord. You've entrusted her with a divine ministry, Lord, one that would impact many lives, Lord. We see the warfare, Lord. And today I say to that enemy, she be loose in Jesus' name. PTSD, Father, let it be tonight, Lord. Let that mind be yours now, Lord. Let her speak the word that you put there, Lord. Let her minister to the people you've given her, Lord. That the warfare would cease, Lord, over her mind, Lord. to that enemy. She is not fatherless. She is not motherless. But you've given her new mother and a new father that would equip her and make her whole. That would pull her into her purpose. Let her see it, Lord. of the enemy that spirit of rejection that he would think we would be ignorant not to see him no longer Man of God. Oh, this 
Strengthen them, Lord. Give them wisdom. And how to lead his family. Give them vision, Lord. Make it clear. And how to direct and lead his family. We silence the whispers of the enemy in his ear, Father. He's a man of God. Ah, you've given him his word and your word, Lord. We come against every, Father, every form of distraction against their marriage, Father. That would pull them from your purpose in their life, Father. I just, have to, I just pray the blood over their marriage, Father. In Jesus' name, Lord. It's too late now. I've already seen what you, what the Lord has given them. What the Lord has called them into. I have a responsibility now to contend for my brother and my sister. That his plans would come to naught. I pray for the Beard family tonight, Lord. Oh, my son, Strengthen the woman of God. Oh, Father, strengthen the woman of God. Let her continue to pray fervently, Lord. Stand in intercession for her husband, Father. Stand in proxy for her husband, Father. Stand in belief for her husband, Father. Stand in trusting for her husband, Father. Father, we come against the spirit of deception, Father. That would allow, Father, us to think we're somewhere we may not be, Father. But Father, today we come against that spirit, Father. And I thank you that the Holy Spirit, your spirit, Father, would have the authority in that home, Father. It would bring everything into order, Father, as you have called it and ordained it to be, Father. We come against the spirit of suicide, the spirit of depression, Father, the spirit of neglect, Father, the spirit of hurt, Father, the spirit of seclusion, Father, the spirit of deception, Father, the spirit of pride, Father, the spirit of, Father, not knowing who they are in you, Father. We come against it in the name of Jesus, that the women of God in that home, Father, would be made whole, Father, that they would know who they are in you, Father, that you would bring healing on the scene, Father. We thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, that that family would bring glory to your name, Father. Be glorified in their home, Lord. Be glorified in their home, Lord. That rule would be made for your spirit. No more false worship. No more idol worship, Father. I call that spirit out, Father, because it's had rule long enough. The family must be whole. That the love of God and the peace of God would fill the house, Father.
Strengthen the man of God, Father. Give him vision for his family. Direction for his family, Lord. We silence the whispers of the enemy, Father. We silence the echoes of his own voice, Father. And I thank you that your spirit would speak, Father God. I pray that it would speak, Father, with clarity, Father. With all clarity, Father. Peace in the home, Lord. Your peace, Lord, in the home. enough destruction in families that the families in this home in this house father will be made whole that the bond of peace will be preserved strengthen their parents, Father, as it is an example unto us. We come against every plan that the enemy would have. Every idea, every device that the enemy would have. We come against it now in the name of Jesus, Father. That their marriage would ministry, would minister for generations. That their lives would minister for generations, Lord. Long after they're gone, Lord, let their voices continue to carry. Let it continue to minister, Lord. Let it give hope. Just protect our man and woman of God, Lord. That your purpose would be fulfilled in their life. Long life, Father, that you would supply them, Lord. Let them grow closer together, Father. Let ministry not be a, never be a division between them, Father. Let it never put a strain on their marriage, Lord. But let it strengthen their marriage, Father. I thank you for my mom and dad. That you would have me to be whole because of them. That you would have all of us to be whole because of them. Let it never be a weight too heavy for them to carry, Lord. But you be made strong, Father, in them. We honor you, Lord. We bless you. Most High God. My God. Hallelujah. 
That's how you pray. You got to address the things that we bring in here and we carry on in deception like nothing's wrong. See, that's another trick of the enemy to deceive you that you good, that you all right. Well, this is intercessory prayer. Where we see the enemy. <laughs> My God. My God. And it's okay to let him know you see him. see if you can. Hallelujah. You're supposed to always take control of the atmosphere. Amen? Y'all know how we do that? When we're one. When we're not divided. When you're not deceived. Deception is divided between yourself. That's deception. Self. Hallelujah. I don't know about y'all, but I don't like the enemy. Hello? Y'all don't like the enemy, do you? He's the enemy. <laughs> He's evil. You overcome evil with what? Hold on. You overcome evil with what? Good. Do I gotta yeah, go ahead, get yourself together. Go ahead. <laughs> Come from some strongholds tonight. <laughs> Woo! It is a good atmosphere though. I mean, I like it. I, I just gotta take control of it though. I like that. Whatever you're doing, Fredelina, keep doing it. I saw all their hands up worshiping the whole time. That's what I'm talking about. Amen can't let the kids get away either. Amen? That's one of the tricks of the enemy. Take you out through your kids. Have you someplace you shouldn't be with your kids. Okay. Y'all know pastor gonna just come with it. I ain't gonna candy coat nothing for you. Ain't you tired of people lying to you? The enemy lied to you all day. Tell you you ain't no good. You ain't got enough money. You broke, sick. Don't nobody love you. You rejected. Come on. That's a, that's a bunch of lies. Stop listening to him. The Bible said, think on these things. What is lovely. See, you know, what is of a good report. Ooh, it's so much, man. I, I mean, y'all operating in mercy. See, in order to obtain mercy, you got to show mercy. Mm. Ain't nobody holding no grudges in here, right? Ain't nobody got no unforgiveness in them, right? I mean, with that person that's alive or dead. That's in your life or no longer in your life. Now, you got to make sure we check all the points. You don't want to be deceived. <laughs> Man, God is good. This is the room 
where we come in to strategize on the enemy. Where we come in and take a, an account and a review of the attack and the assault and who's wounded. This is a battle you're in. I want you to know that. <laughs> it is a spiritual war. And you can't handle spiritual things naturally. Because that's what I see. That's our nature. We default to the natural person. That's where we go first. Man, come on now. I got a witness back there. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Yeah. And, and we keep defaulting thinking it is. You know how? Because how we treat each other. That's how you know you don't know that it's a spiritual war. You don't know that Christ is in you. You got to art with Christ. I mean, excuse me, your brother. See, we forget that this is a spiritual war. It's not a carnal war. That's why you got no weapons. That's why every weapon that forms against you is prospering. Okay. <laughs> it shows like right here. Do you believe? Oh, man. Oh, God. <laughs> I think this is the most important meeting. Well, we get to come in. You know, I was loving that back there, but go ahead. Rest your fingers. <laughs> you know, I like to flow with him like that. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is, this is the place where we come to get energized. We come to get renewed. This is the place where we, we grow. See, when you're ignorant in an area, he can abuse you. Ain't y'all tired of being abused? Well, then we need to get some knowledge about God. My God, let's do this thing. Okay. School's out again, right? All right. All right, now. Uh, take my time, now. Don't tell me that, now. Okay. <laughs> Go to, because they don't think, they think pastor's just playing around. <laughs> I'm never playing about the enemy, because he is definitely not playing with you. Mm -mm. That's right. You are in a war. You're in a war zone. And you can die eternally. Okay. I don't want to be in the war. You don't have a choice. I don't like the fight. You don't really have a choice. I'm going to explain that too. Let's go to 2 Corinthians real quick. Chapter 10, verse 3. Um, you know what? You got King James. We'll go King James. We'll go King James with y'all a little bit. Y'all all right with King James? 
I am. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 mm -hmm. in the King James Bible. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. That's kind of plain and simple, cut and dry, huh? But there's a plethora of information right there. Okay. Remember, Paul says that we are at war. Let's read it again. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Follow it. How many of y'all following your flesh? How many of your flesh leading you? Hmm? Everybody saying, not me, Pastor. Do amplify. Maybe they'll get a little bit better there. And so it reads, for though we walk, we live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. Okay. Though we walk and live, this war is not going to end anytime soon. Okay? This warfare is not going to end anytime soon. That we live, we walk and we live in the flesh. We are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh as using mere weapons. So all the wars and the rumors of wars that we see, it's really not the real warfare. It's always an entity behind man. Just like when you get in an argument with your wife or your husband. There's an enemy behind that person. See, this is why you can't, see, you don't understand the warfare. I'm not arguing at you. And like when I come in here, I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to the influencer. See, this is how people can leave church and get mad. They're talking about me. I'm talking about what's influencing you that you can't even see. Okay. Then you get mad. <laughs> I need to know who is on the team. If you're on my team, then we are girded and ready for war. I need to be that you. I need to know that you're with me. Okay, husband and wife together. We, we don't know. We, we together, but we ain't really together. I don't want to go on a battlefield with you. you, you I'm going to get hit with friendly fire. You just misfiring everything. Except your gun is this. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I'm not talking about your lips. I'm talking about what comes out of it. Okay? See, you got to pay attention. This is warfare. If you go to sleep in the war, guess what's going to happen? <laughs> your whole platoon is going to get blown up. That's the family. Men, if you are not awake and you are not on post, your family is going to suffer. Okay. I had to come to the men on that one. And then the women, if you see danger, I'm going to need you to see first, though. 
I'm going to need you to get the speck out yours. I need you to be able to see. Okay? Vision, sight. Vision, sight. I had the vision, she had the sight. We work together. Then you have what they call fulfillment. For my destiny. Okay. It's like, husband and wife, we don't even know how to work together. <laughs> then, as brothers and brothers and sisters in Christ, we still don't know how to function with each other. Okay. I like that. Who said that's real? All right. Yeah. yeah. We don't even know how to function with each other. Just a bunch of friendly fire. Every time we come together and meet, somebody leave hurt and wounded. Hello? There's something wrong with that picture. I thought we were believers. I thought we are preserving. I'm going to guard your heart. And then you're going to be like, I'm going to guard your heart. But guess what? There's a lot of gardening, right? Can't nobody get in, right? Or oh, we're going to talk about some things before I get out of here today. All right. We're going to go to verse 4. I've got to learn some things about this warfare that you are in. Woo! Amplify. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical, mm. weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Mm. Mm. Hey, B, you was in there about the strongholds, man. Huntage, <sighs> amen. Paul goes on to reveal something about this war. And what it really looks like. It's not a physical war with bombs, of course, and guns and laser guided missiles and the Iron Dome that's over Israel. Let's take this back to the first century. okay? historical context. And a lot of times we read scripture, but we don't have the historical context to understand what we're what's going on, because you think the Bible was, was written in your time. 2018. <laughs> it's not. So when we read it, our context is off base. So our understanding is not from a first century Jewish person. So you interpret what you think is in there. Okay. Let's think about this for a minute. So Paul is talking to the Corinthians, correct? Okay. One with all the spiritual gifts. Okay. All right. I told y'all Sunday, out of all the seven churches, all went into apostate except the church of Philadelphia. Phileo, brotherly love, Philadelphia. The only church that didn't go into apostate. You know, turn away, leave its roots. Okay. Like you see, okay. Y'all see it today, right? All right. <laughs> okay. Bible calls it a great falling away. All right. Great deception. That great deception and falling away starts in your home. It starts in your home. Society starts where? What did I tell y'all society starts? All that y'all think is out there starts where? In your home. The, the serial killer, killer is birthed in the home. The rapist is birthed in the home. 
Not only it society is birthed inside your walls. That's the truth. We always think, oh, it's the world. No, it's right in your house. Okay. The Bible says a man's foe is in his home. Get saved and nobody else in your family gets saved. Watch what happens. Get some friends, three of y'all, and one of y'all gets saved. Watch what happens. And I mean saved for real. It's a difference. <laughs> it's a, the word, when you tell somebody and you actually start to change, it separates you. It don't care mother, father, sister, brother. It don't care. Just because you believe. But I thought you believed. Somebody's not believing. Because if that's the case, we would still be friends. Okay. All right. How many of y'all experienced that? I won't look, but I, okay. Just one in the family. And he placed that one in the family. Okay. All right. Ten Muslims is one that's a Christian. Okay. <sighs> Got a job. Here we go. Let's get into this thing. All right. So as I was telling you, Paul said, let's bring it back to the first century. Right? We're going to bring it back to... The first century, you know, how they fought then. They, they fought with shields, right? They fought with, with swords and bows, right? All right. This is the context that Paul has given to them in there. So uh, in 2 Corinthians 4, that's where we read, right? The weapons are not carnal. These weapons are not from the earth. Amen? Amen. But they're mighty in God. Okay, I'm going to say that again. But they're mighty. These weapons that you have obtained, they're mighty, but they're in God. That's the only place you can get them. They're in God. So if you're not in God, you're getting hit. Psh, psh, toe up. But your weapons are in Christ. The Messiah, your weapons are. Okay. All right. They're mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. Well, that should get your attention right there. Strongholds. When you hear the word stronghold, what do you think? Okay. We're talking spiritual, right? Paul, let's, let's see what Paul is saying to the Corinthians, okay? For pulling down our strongholds. I'm going to take you to the Greek for this one, okay? I know a lot of times I say, well, I thought it was Hebrew. It's Greek too. Because you got to understand who Paul is addressing. You got to understand the culture. Everybody wasn't speaking Hebrew, most of them were bilingual. They were speaking Greek, coin Greek, okay? Ghetto Greek. <laughs> the commoner Greek, okay? All right. See, when you get context, it's going to help you understand. All right. So I went to this. So I'm looking up this. We're looking at this word right here. You have to understand what the Corinthians understood and what Paul, the imagery that Paul was showing them in the Greek. 
Oko Roma. Oko Roma. That's stronghold in the Greek. It means fortified, military stronghold. A strong walled fortress. Paul is talking to him. He's giving them imagery of what's happening. I'm not talking spiritual right now. I'm talking natural right now. He's giving them imagery, okay, of a stronghold. Remember, it is a strong wall fortress. This is what Paul is referring to. A strong wall fortress. Paul is likening the attack of Hasatan coming against us to a fortified military force. The attack that's you're, that you're under right now sitting here. What is keeping your heart beating? Why do you ain't falling over right now? Could be a fortified fortress around me. Okay, let's go in a little bit. See, we don't we don't go through the day thinking like that. Anybody been in a car wreck since the ice been out? Mm. The little thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's let's look at this. Okoroma. <laughs> so look at this. Paul is likening this attack of Hasatan, Satan, coming against us as a it is a fortified military fortress. Mind you that you, you this is what has been erected against you. It's a stronghold. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to get there. Just follow me. They have been erected for one reason and one reason only. To bring you to desolation. Now, you're in a war. You're going to happy church. Okay, let's put this in context. I hope you all appreciate this. When Rome went in to destroy Jerusalem, they burnt it down, right? They burnt it down to the ground. They looted it. They looted it. They looted the temple. They destroyed the temple. You know, that didn't just happen in one day. The destruction of Jerusalem. The temple didn't happen in one day. You had one emperor go in and he left. Then another emperor came in, Titus. And came and he finished the job. Titus did. They didn't just say, wake up and say, you know what? Let's do this. Let's, let's destroy them. Mm -mm. Rome actually set up strongholds 
all around the city. These are towers. They set them up all around the city. Strong, they're called strongholds. Okay. It's getting good, ain't it? And when they set them strongholds up, high up, guess what happened to Jerusalem? They fell. The enemy set up strongholds. Okay. All right. He set up strongholds around them. And they fell. The enemy had encamped, listen, encamped around, encamped around her, because a lot of times you hear Jerusalem is, is related to as her, and put these strongholds around her. And the strongholds around her, she, she, she just had to fall. Because of those strongholds they placed around the city. Okay. So check this out. This is one of the things that we don't know here. So sometime just after the, a couple of years after, same time frame, the destruction of the temple. See, a lot of times as Christians, we don't even correlate and understand what's going on when the temple was destroyed. And we don't think that that's relevant to us learning anything about Christ. When Paul said, don't you know that you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit? The Old Testament, I told y'all, is a type and shadow of things to come. Right? So if it's important and relevant of the destruction of the temple, then it's relevant right now to you because you're that temple. What do you do in a temple? Okay. He that worships me must worship me in truth and in what? The spirit. Oh, my. The Holy Spirit is in where? He said, you, you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. You got you to gotta continue to remember this. Okay, here we go. So just a few years after that, same time frame, there's another war. What you probably know, this is the Masada War. The Masada War. So this is important for y'all to understand what strongholds are. Okay, we're going to get there. But I, but I got you to get you see Paul is trying to talk to them in the context of where they're living and what's going on and who's ruling them. Right. Okay. Told you this is the war is called the Masada and all the Jewish zealots, they fled to Masada. Okay, this is the place. They had enough of Rome. They said, we're leaving. Okay. Just told y'all, tighten the shadow. Follow me. We had enough. We're leaving. <laughs> we're going to go to another church. Hold on. <laughs> we had enough. We're leaving. Fed up. So we, they fled to Masada. It was the premier place to be or it was the premier place to be, to defend. It was the premier place. Because of its sheer high walls, it had these huge walls. And, and it had these, um, 
just the height of the walls itself. See, so when you got those walls up, you feel pretty safe, don't you? Right? It was the premier place. Y'all better go over there. This is the premier place. <laughs> Ooh, safety over there. It looked like that. This is where everybody flocked to. That's it. I'm leaving. I'm going. I'm leaving Rome. I'm going to Masada now. They got high walls. I feel protected. I can do what I want to do. Okay. All right. Okay. They left. I'm trying to tell y'all, you got to know how to read it, the Old Testament, and see what's going on. Just for the sheer height of his walls, this was an awesome military fortress now. Can't nobody get in. We got 25,000 members. Can't nobody get in. Okay, here we go. Listen to this. It was the primary military position. You wanted to be in there. Well, guess what happened? Rome got a chance to get in, and they fell again. Just a couple of years later, they fell again. See, a lot of times when you got walls up, you can hide and do things. Yeah. <laughs> that you think nobody see you doing. Let's go over there. I get lost in the crowd, and I can get there because they got 25,000 people. They won't know who I am. Okay. I told y'all we entire grow with the word is sown. Okay. So look into this. So, so I want to say this. So <laughs> it looked like a place. That looked completely, why they went there? Because it looked like it was completely impossible to be overtaken. That's one of the reasons they went. What they saw, it looks like a place that cannot be overtaken. But guess what? Rome came in, and they came in and built eight strongholds. Exactly eight strongholds around the city of Masada. Then they build these ramps. Okay, let me see. They built these ramps so they could get in. They built a bridge so they could get in. I put it in your word. They left a back door yeah. where the enemy could get in. Yeah. With your stronghold. Dang. With your stronghold. You got, you got, <laughs> you still got, into, you still, okay. Y'all follow me? Yeah. Types and shadows. You're the temple now. Paul is trying to convey to them. He's trying to convey to us the reality and the power of these strongholds and the power of these weapons of God. Okay? You want to be able to put the weapons 
of the Lord in the right context and understand how great these really are, these weapons that you have. They're not in the right context. You don't know how to use them. You're struggling to use them. I told y'all with David, David was qualified to kill Goliath. He was qualified. See, but what they saw is that he was a, a little man of small stature, like myself. But he was qualified. He had the anointing to kill the lion, to kill the bear. It won't about putting on Saul's armor. You got to put your own on. Okay. Mm -mm -mm -mm. No, they try to put Saul's on. It, wouldn't, it can't work. Can't work. You can't put nobody else's armor on. They're under armor either. Here we go. <laughs> Woo! Listen to this. In context, you understand the great reality of these weapons. Now, about these strongholds that the enemy put up against you. He's erecting strongholds up against you. So he knows if I put a stronghold up against you, I can get in. I could put a stronghold of fear. I can get in. I could put a stronghold of doubt. Look at them. Just sexual immorality. Look at that. Adultery. He put, he's erecting these things up in your life. Covetedness. Various forms of lust of the world. Oh, and the big one, the one that when you hit that, that, that bridge and it goes over, boom, pride. Come right on in. You better recognize what's being erected in your life. He's putting strongholds up in you. And you and you letting him build the ramp to get up when you don't forgive. This is why this is why it's like I can't win. It seems like I just can't win. You deceive. No. Mm -mm. I'm going to show you how you know you're not winning. As I'm told you, all the gauge is how you treat each other. Oh, in private. See, up front, you can just hide, blend right in. But when you go home, okay, when you go to work, you're a different person. Oh, can somebody tell me if I'm in there or not? Huh? That, okay, I feel like a VA. I want to lean to one side or another. Huh? Shoot. Guess what that is? That's a stronghold. Deception is a stronghold. He can get in. To, now he got access to any area of your life. Any area. He's setting up high towers. And he know if I set up the high towers, they will succumb. I'll get in. They'll get tired one night. They'll fall asleep. Why? You couldn't stay for an hour? 
So next thing you know, he's on the cross. <laughs> you better recognize that he is erecting strongholds around you. And for one reason and one reason only is he doing it. Desolation. He wants to bring you to desolation. That's why you hear it is the abomination of desolation because you're the temple. If I get you to defile that. You, you defile it. What defiles a man? It's not what goes in. It's about what comes out. See, that's why he wanted Job to curse. Because I can get you to defile your God. Y'all don't get this thing. Woo! See, the enemy, see, when you preach stuff like this, this is why you got to be prayed up. Because after you preach something like this, guess what? It's already taking effect while you're sitting in here. The warfare that you refuse to acknowledge. The pride that you refuse to acknowledge. Straight witchcraft. See, he, you, that's a stronghold. You're supposed to tear it down. Told to keep it hidden. That's what we do. This is the context that we need to understand. When Paul starts talking about the weapons of the living God, your ears should perk up. You should be ready on the edge of your seat right now. When Paul is talking about, what do you say, teacher? Are you in agreement with me? Okay. You should perk up because your life depends on it. See, we, we just be playing with this warfare. They, they coming to us telling us about, you know, your best life now is Friday. Man, people die on Friday. I keep telling y'all that. Maybe because I can sell 40 million books and tell you that and you will buy it. And put Christ somewhere in there and now you think it's the kingdom. Oh, y'all know, Sunday I'm teaching on false prophets and teachers again. I only got the entrance in. He said, many will be deceived. Many will be deceived from false prophets and teachers in the latter days. Well, guess what we're in? My God. Woo. But we ain't watching because we don't even know where the third temple is, what stage we in right now. See, we don't need the temple, but they need the temple. The, 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 the Orthodox, you need the temple. We don't need the temple because we're the temple. But they need the temple. The Bible talks about the temple. How close? They already got the red heifer. Now they're working on the dye. They're working on the dye, the oil. For the olives, see, we we not we not we not in tune what's going on with the Christ, with the Christians or believers, because we don't think that means anything to us. Read the book of Revelation. Matter of fact, read the book of Genesis. But this is how they're teaching us. My people perish for the lack of knowledge of Christ. See, it's like people say they're gonna show up. Man, you don't want this. 
We're going to give you the truth. And I'm not impressed with who come through that door. See, okay. I'm going to leave it alone. You got to have a spirit. Miss Flowers, you know what I'm saying. You got to have a spirit. Because folk come in and be running that mouth flattering. Okay. All right. Amen. <laughs> My grandbaby say hallelujah. But see, you got to be careful when people come into your life in the same manner. Because the Bible says there's many teachers. There's somebody trying to teach you something. Oh, they call it a word. I'm sorry. I, I, I see Facebook. Y'all, y'all probably pray for me on Facebook and stuff. I'm sorry. They just post up there, I need a word. Are you serious? Do you know who's going to come first when you say you need a word? The enemy who know the word, then you don't. It's called a setup. Okay, here we go. When do you get these weapons? Where do you get these from? Where do I get these weapons from? Because I want to be able to defend myself. And I want to be able, and you should too, I want to be able to take those strongholds down. Amen? Go to, go to Ephesians. Y'all all right? All right. We got to do this, y'all. We can't be playing around anymore. I ain't going to get somebody hurt because they deceive. Go to Ephesians. Chapter 6. Uh-huh. Familiar, familiar, ain't it? Ten. Amplified. So reads. Just do ten. We're going to break it down. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. He said, in conclusion, that means something preceded that, right? You can read that on your time. Let's go. Be empowered through your union with him. Mm. Draw your strength from him. Mm. That strength which his boundless might provides. I don't know if that is. Does that sink in to y'all? Let's read that one more time. Come on. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Mm. Draw your strength from him. Mm. That strength which his boundless might provides. My God, but you got to be in him. Okay. Ooh. That's, that's, where, that's where you get your might from, yeah. See, you should be imagining, moving in the power of God. Not going to see somebody else. You should be imagining moving in the power of God. See, because you know what I imagine going to manifest. I don't need to see you. I need. Mm -mm -mm. He said these signs shall follow you. You should be imagining moving in the power of God. Healing, raising the dead. You should be imagining these things. Salvation is coming to Christ. You should be imagining the power of God. 
Jesus. My God. Ooh. For what purpose? For what purpose? My God. Ooh. For what purpose? Man, we're going to get this thing down, teacher. I'm... Read. Read 11. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Did y'all hear that? Okay, successfully. Okay. <laughs> Wiles in the Greek. Methodeia. This is where you get the word method from. Craft. Deceit. Or cunning devices. Or even of error. Wiles. Did y'all hear that? No. Uh, sure. Which one you want to read? 11? That's where we were, 11. But I was giving you the definition of wiles. Okay. Methodia, which is where you get the word method from. He said the wiles of the devil, his methods. Okay? Oh, he's going to be mad tonight at y'all. This is where you get the word method I said from. Craft. Craft. You know, witchcraft. But craft. Deceit. Or cunning devices, or even of error. Mm -hmm. He can get you off in error. That is a deception. That's one of his methods. His other method, he likes to deceive you. Okay. He likes you to be deceived, believing you something that you're not. <laughs> and it's not a believer. Okay. Okay, he's deceiving you. Okay, listen to this. So, so now we know his modus operandi. So we know, we know that, right? Okay. I'm just saying, we, we know what he's capable of. Okay, that's what that means. All right? And it's a serious thing. Mm -hmm. So we know how he moves. His military strategies against us. We do. That's his modus operandi. So we know how he moves. See, this is why you got to come to, to intercessory prayer. This is why it's just so important. So you can have that victory. Amen. But that victory is by belief, even though you're getting hit. Okay. All right. I'm going to get there. I'm going to. Oh, yeah, I got it. I'm good. Here we go. I'm going to turn it up now. Here we go. Okay, here we go. All right. So he will move his, we know how he moves his military strategies against us. This is how we stand. So when you build strongholds around something, it falls. That's what he's telling you. That's what happened to Jerusalem. The enemy came and built stronghold. You can't get out. You can't get out. Where are you going to get your food and water from? Where are you going to get the very necessities from? 
If I put my strongholds up around you, you're going to figure there's no way out. You won't read the word. That's a stronghold. He said, I haven't, just because you're in it means that he's already given you a way out. But you're going to have to go to his word. Okay. Okay, but we don't do it. See, that's another, wow, I said devices. I told y'all error. I told y'all deceit. I told y'all he's cunning. He used devices, all kind of things. The game come on tonight. I'd rather play, you know, whatever. Come on, y'all. This is, those are devices, man, that, that you give into. Mm-mm-mm. Here's one. I won't come to prayer. Mm, there you go. I won't come to service. Okay. That is a real one. It is a real one. Man, do you want to live or you want to die? Which one? Okay. All right. Well, to live, you got to be committed. Unless you will be committed to die. See, you're committed to something. See, this is why I said, see, your fight is for eternal life. He's the prize. He is the choice. Choose this day who you're going to serve. Okay. All right. Oh, here we go. All right. Verse 12. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the despotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits who are, who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly, the supernatural sphere. So this is the exact same thing that Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10. This is the exact same thing. Write that down. This is the exact same thing that he's saying in verse 12 in Ephesians. He's saying the same thing in Corinthians. This, he's, he said, this is, let me go back and read it again. Come on. Go back to 12. Let's do it. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents. There you go. But against the despotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits who mm. are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly, the supernatural sphere. Man, who are you? That he wouldn't put you before that. Who are you? Okay. See, this, this, this is hand-to-hand combat. See, I know you think it's hand here, but it's not. Okay. It's hand, it's spiritual. It's hand-to-hand combat. So when the enemy is engaging you, he is actually coming to you personally. I told you he's sending not just the demon, but he's sending his kingdom to you too. Okay, we're gonna go to war in North Korea. We're sending the Marines. We're sending the Navy. We're sending the Air Force. We're sending the, mil- uh, the Marine. Come on, the Army. He's saying, I'm sending all my troops to you. See, you can't tell because they're so unified. Look like one. But there, he told you, and he said, we are many. 
See, but you keep forgetting that you're in a war. You have God's equipment. Okay, hold on. Okay, we, we, don't, we don't act like that. Mm-mm-mm. This is what y'all saying. I don't really want to participate in this war. <laughs> I'd like to sit this one out. I'm not really a soldier. <laughs> guess what? You really don't have a choice, as I told you. <laughs> this is for your self-preservation. You might want to get armed. <laughs> you might want to get some equipment. You might want to get ready for war. Because you are about to go toe to toe with the enemy. Especially after a message like this. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. He comes in many forms. Sickness. Debt. Come on. Strife. Unforgiveness. Pride. Wickedness. Adultery. Fornication. Pornography. I mean. Okay. And if you don't think you're at war. I'm really scared for you. All is well. Sometimes the very war first is within us. He's like, I don't have to send anybody yet. Because you don't know really who you are. So I'm going to let you wrestle like who? Jacob with himself. First. Right? Look at that, look at that. How many of y'all ain't going to look wrestling with yourself? I won't look. Hmm. See, but if you don't know, he's going to get an advantage over you. You need to know. See, this is the thing. This is why we shouldn't be looking at people when they're struggling, when they fall, because we understand. You that's spiritual, lift them up. Let the same thing come upon you. So he's letting you know you don't have room to talk about nobody. How could you? I know how could you. Just don't stay down there. You got some help. I'm going to show y'all about that too. Okay. We're going to get in there. I got to go. Hold on. I got to get this thing going. Y'all learning something? My God. My God. Verse 13. Quick. Wait a minute. Okay. Hold on. Before we go there. (laughs) Sometimes the very war I said was in you. You need, okay, here we go. Uh Uh-oh, y'all pick a note of this one. You need to send out some scouts to start looking in your heart and in your mind and in your life for strongholds. I need you to send some drones out (laughs) to see what you really see. And and I need to send it up high so we can really see a better perspective. Okay, see. You, you really need to send out that. 
strongholds. They are being erected all around you to bring you to desolation. Let somebody don't speak to you. Let somebody. See, it doesn't mean that it's going to be that particular, but it's going to grow. You need a brick to build something. I got one brick. Then somebody else say something. There we go, another brick. They never see what I'm saying. Well, there's the window. You're building strongholds. You are. Okay. Well, he's just a subcontractor y'all be hiring. Okay. Yep. Okay. Am I helping y'all? Okay. Okay. Verse 13, real quick. Therefore, put on God's complete armor mm. that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. Good God. <sighs> See, if you would read this like on a daily and you were going through stuff, oh, you'd be, in, you'd be strengthened and empowered instead of being defeated. God, Lord, help my unbelief. Here we go. My goodness. If you want to prevail, you have to be armed to the T. Okay. <laughs> All right now. See, they, they ain't armed up. They ain't armed up. That, that was 13, right? He said, you must put on God's complete armor. You can't just choose what you want and still say, I'm saved. You have to put on his complete armor. Just want the feet shod. I just want to bring the good news, but I don't want to do nothing else. Shod my feet, Lord. Shod them. Okay. Don't go to sleep. That's the enemy, again, putting you to sleep. Stay awake and focus. This is how he lose. This is how you lose. This is how you lose. This is how you lose. Stay alert. Stay alive, as they said. Come on. We're talking, giving y'all some strategies how to win. This is serious. Because the enemy is serious about you. You're just not serious about him. This is why Paul is imparting this information. Go 14. Come on, hit 14. So we can get out of here. Verse 14. Yeah. Stand, therefore. Mm -hmm. Hold your ground. Having tightened the belt of truth around your loins. Pay close attention. And having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral rectitude and right standing with God. Verse 15. And having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. You are in a war. Come on, that's real good. Come on. It's going to be good when you read it at home, too. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's get this thing in here. Lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith, mm. upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword that the spirit wields, which is the word of God. Hold on. So you need to pay close attention right here. That list is you're armored up from head to toe in a sense of coverage. 
This person, what he's telling you, is ready for war. Okay. This person is ready to do battle against spiritual hosts of wickedness, against demonic forces coming in their life. My goodness. Against the lust of the flesh. That's a war. How many of y'all know about that war, that lust of the flesh, that war? Hmm? How many of y'all know about that? Hmm? How you doing on the battlefield with that one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It shows. It shows. Your mm-hmm shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Mm-hmm. How you doing? Mm-hmm. How you doing? Mm-hmm. You ain't said nothing yet. See, in this war, you're going to have to say something. They gave us an example. I told you, David and Goliath, the war was words. I'm trying to tell you that. We won't say nothing. How you doing with the battle with the flesh? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you ain't saying nothing. I don't know what that means. This is how you do it. I was addicted to porn, but I got saved from it, delivered from it, set free from it. And I'm serving notice to heaven and earth. See, but you won't say nothing. I'm dealing with pride, so you won't say that. I'm delivered from it. Now you're looking down. Look up. See, you won't say nothing. This, this battle, you ain't ready for war. You ain't ready. You ain't ready for no real combat because you can't even say nothing. That's another thing. He's advises. He uses things to keep your mouth shut. No, what you do is the friendly fire. You start fussing and talking back to each other. See there? See there? And know yourself. Know yourself. That's right. So that's where your friendly fire come. That's how you destroy each other. Instead of saying to the enemy what you need to say, you won't say nothing. But to each other, oh, I'm going to read her. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You won't do that. That's the wrong way. Come on, nobody want to be around you. See, this we playing games. Be, you know, what was your vice? See there? He didn't have to hesitate. He didn't have to think about it. Oh, it was pride and lust. See, we, we, I asked some of y'all, you'd be like, nothing. I, I don't have that struggle. Just the fact that you ain't say nothing tell me you got a struggle. See, then that's deception. Then that's why there's no fruit. That's why he can't prune you, because you won't let him. That's why there's no growth. You can pour all the miracle grow on it all you want. Ain't nothing going. Going on, nothing. Pull all the weeds out, they go right back. See, see, that's the response that you should have. What's your struggle? Do you think you overcome by the what? The words of your testimony and by the blood of the lamb. Your words and the blood, you're free. No, you won't say nothing. 
I'm trying. Am I helping anybody? Uh, is anybody getting set free? Delivered up in here. Boy, if we can get everybody free. I told, I told some of the ministers, I'm looking at, I ain't meeting with anybody else. I'm meeting with the married couples. That's what I'm meeting with. So if you're married, guess what? You're going to be meeting with me. And I expect to see some fruit. That's just for a time. Got to do a check. I don't marry too many couples in here. Should be prospering now. Should be an example to listen to the world. Amen. My covenant. We should be one. Yeah. Amen. I mean to drop it on you like that, but guess what? <sighs> that's that's what makes that's what that's what makes. The home and the community strong is the husband and wife, the family, and what makes it strong. She can't do it by herself. And nor can he. I'm just speaking to a single. Okay, gotcha. I can ask any. I can ask any of them. They say I don't want to do this by myself. Ain't that right? Look at that bird right now, pastor. That's all right. That's not God's design. Amen. Amen. Listen, this, this is what I'm, I'm just saying. We, we got to get this right. Okay? And then you got to stop acting like you don't have the issue. Let's get it over with. All right. I'm going to come at you. Okay. All right. You're going to think there's two teachers in there. <laughs> in the list of equipment, there was one particular item that was given preeminence over all the other items. Right? Go to verse 16. Lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith, mm. upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. No, he said all. Not some. He said all. All means all of the attacks. You can quench him. You can. Okay. See, we, we, we're missing that. He said all the fiery darts. He keep hitting me. Keep hitting me. But he said you have the shield. You. Okay. All right. Do you know you got the shield? Do you know that you have the shield? All the fiery darts. You have to know that he's laboring with you. Okay? You, you got to know he's laboring with you. Okay. All right. So you remember, you remember Sparta. You remember the 300. How many of y'all seen that? How many of y'all seen 300? Okay. So, out of all their weapons, the one weapon that distinguished who they were was their shield. Paul knows what he's talking about. It was their shield. 
what made them strong. See, actually, you know, this is, I love it, because from a child at seven years old, guess what your child would be at as a boy? He would be training for war. He would be training for war. At seven. They were so awesome. They wouldn't let, they wouldn't let the, the Spartans be in the Olympic Games because they knew that they were, they were killed. They were, their job was to kill. And when they had their camp, they didn't have no walls. They were open, looked like defenseless. You know what they said? They said their fortress is the tip of their spear. That was their fortress. Okay, all right. They, they won't like, the Spartans won't like uh, the democracy, you know, and the Greek. They were separate from the democracy and government stuff. Their job and sole job was to defeat the enemy, is to kill. That's what their job was from birth. Now, see, this is what we don't see and understand. And it wasn't. So really, in the real story, they 5,000 of them. I know they said 300, but it's really, it was 5,000. 5,000 men could withstand and defeat 200,000 men with a spear and a shield. You know why? Because they were one. How they moved as a unit. They're just like these chairs. We can, we can lock these chairs in. And when I move one, the rest of them move. So what they would do is they would actually lock their shields together. See, but we get it wrong. It wasn't to protect them, him, the one person. It was to protect the person next to them. That's why they said, and above all, Paul said, don't leave without your shield. Because when you see your brother in a fall, oh, we're going to bring him over and we're going to have our shield up around him and not talk about them. See, this is what Paul was trying to relate to them because they knew this. They knew the warfare. God, dog. The shields were, listen, then they could stack them. Then they could move as a unit. And the people are one. Anything they imagine now can don't be withheld from them. See, but we won't move as the body of Christ as one. Yeah, we're divided. The shields were interlocking, not to say the person holding the shield. It was to protect the person next to them. That's why they locked their shields together, not for themselves, for the person to the left or the right of them. Yeah, I mean, we're missing stuff. How we are supposed to be operating together. How this is supposed to start in the home. How dare you? I mean, we don't understand. you imagine that? We're, we're, we're not one as we think we are. That's why the enemy can come in and wound you, trip you. Okay. The man that they lowered, and remember Jesus was healing, and they, they couldn't get in? Guess what? Those are soldiers. And they couldn't get him in. Guess what they carried him on in? On their shield. Oh, that's right. 
We got one down. If one down, we all down. But we're going to get him to where he needs to go. Above all, carrying your shield of faith. See, we won't carry our shield of faith. We won't do it. Hey, glory to God. He said, above all, all, you got everything on. Don't forget that shield of faith. Because it's going to be able to reflect all star, the fiery darts of the enemy. Okay. All right. Oh. I ain't got to worry about it coming to my head first because I got the shield there. See, we, man, we don't get this. Oh, God. They lowered him down. We got him. We're carrying him in on the shield of faith. So, same thing I was telling the guys in the room, the ministers. Titan shadow. And when the enemy, the adversary, came to Job, and he put he put everything on him. He he came after him for the kids. He came after them with the he came after them with the with the men, uh, the the Sabians, right, which were workers. So when Satan got y'all know the story, Job, right? You know my have you have you have you considered my servant? Hold on, my servant that establishes our relationship. He's a worshiper. He's my servant. Have you considered my servant? So when he went there, he, he, he sent the, the Sabians in there first. He used man to try to destroy him. Then the next thing, what he wanted to do was have, just have him just curse God and die. So then he sent the hell. A storm took his kids. Another one. A storm came. Now you're going to blame God because you know that came from heaven. So now if I can get you just to curse God. Now you'll be worshiping me. Jesus. In the wilderness. Took him all over the place. Everything. High pentacle. Everything. What I want. Is you worship me. That's what he wanted. So when you. Curse God. And when you. Get mad. How many of y'all just been. I'm trying to figure out how people can get mad at God. But people do it, though. I have too much fear. Job was a man. He feared God. He feared God. After all that he did, all that he took away from him, his body hadn't even been afflicted yet. Hadn't even went to his body yet. And Job said, see, and Job was, Job did, he worshiped every morning, and he worshiped and sacrificed for his children. They were of age. Doesn't matter. But he was God's servant. He was his altar. What happens in the altar? What happens at the altar? Prayer goes up. See, this is what we don't understand. That all we read Job, we just don't even understand. He was afflicted. He had you know, many cattle, all these things and stuff. We, he lost all that. After all that happened to him, the next thing you read, Job bowed down. He, he cut his hair. He rent his clothes. And next thing you know, he shakah. He worshiped God. Fell down on the ground and worshiped God. Now does we leave and go back into the world? Or we leave and go back into our sin? Worship is not the first thing that comes to mind after you sin. Mm -mm. What we don't do as the body of Christ enough is repent. We don't repent. 
true repentance means you're not going to turn back to it. So we're just remorseful. We're just saddened. How far you think you're going to go hiding and coveting pride? Matter of fact, I'm going to move out the way because the Bible said he sets himself in battle array against you. Now, Lord, I'll stand in the gap for him and pray for him, but just tell me when to leave. Okay. Okay. Man. I, I got to stop because I can keep going. But anyway, I hope y'all got something out of tonight. Let's not go in the war room and we don't get nothing. Amen. We're going to go in the war room and strategize. We need to get something, right? So he's equipping you for tomorrow. <laughs> so when the word is on, what happens? He comes when? Immediately. the word. Come on, teacher. I'm going to sit down and get out your way. They, they ready for me to leave. They say, Pastor, you got to go. <laughs> now, this is really quick. Can we really thank God for the rich word? Amen. I mean, such a rich word for our life. Because uh, truly, we are all in a battle, and we are not aware. And that's this. That is the most saddest uh, thought, is that you're in a battle every moment of your life, every. and you are not aware of it. You are just oblivious to the fact that there are missiles targeted at you, your children, your future, the generation after you, and that generation after that generation, and we are overtaken by our situation, our circumstance. We are fixated on careers. We're fixated on what college our kids going to go. We're fixated on a lot of things. And I had a conversation with someone the other day, and I said, but that's not the greatest. The college that your kid's going to go, that's not the greatest thing. And what's the greatest we seem to often neglect? And that is advancing the kingdom of God. How much time do we put into advancing, truly advancing the kingdom of God? How much money and effort do we put into things that we value? How much travel, how much finances, how much of your time, how much of your thoughts, how much your meditation goes on those things. And I said, they're not the greatest. I said, when you get to thinking about um, places you want to go, God shows his glory right where you're standing. We just don't see it. We have to spend, I mean, thousands of dollars to go some other place and right where you're standing God shows his glory through the wind, through the snow, through someone just riding on their bicycle. We, we don't see, we're not wooed by God 
from where we stand. So you travel and go to a place to pay to see what you could see right where you're standing. But then you glorify the creation, but not the creator of the creation. But those thousands of dollars that we'll pay to travel, we won't give to build the kingdom of God. Because it just don't have that kind of value for us. Food for thought. Um... God's really dealing with me about his sanctuary uh, and about it being rebuilt. Anyway, you're going to hear more about that in a couple of weeks. Uh, I was asking Pastor about when he was given the definition of the wilds of the enemy. And this is a very familiar scripture for a lot of us who've been in church. Uh, but somehow, even though as many, many times as we have heard this, we are still not winning the battle. All the weapons and how to fight and what to say, we're still being overcome by the wiles and the tricks and the schemes of the enemy. The word of God says that we're not ignorant. So really, what is the methods? So when pastor was defining wilds, he, I said, method. He has the same method that he used on Eve. This is a very ancient method. His method is lies. Half truth and overt error. And all things that oppose the gospel. This is how he get us. Through lies. We believe it. Everything he keep telling you about you your life, what you're going to have, what you're not going to have, the lies. And then he give you half-truths. So while you're in the word, because you're praying and reading the word, and sometimes even praying for other people, but we're deceived on the stronghold that's in our life. Not realizing that we are aiding him and opposing the kingdom of light. Because we as Christians are living half-truth. He does this. He does it through our imagination, your reasoning, 
See, it's a battle of truth. See, what you believe to be true, if it's not, if it does not align to the word of God, is your truth. This is what Oprah is trying to push. Oprah is pushing your truth. That's what it's all about. Your truth. See, this reasoning and imagination, it's a legion of domestic devils that hold a near intelligent from the old serpent. It says that he's an evil genius ruler. This is domestic, so he's he's doing this in your home. He gets through your way you process, the way you think. He get you through your way of reasoning and your method of logic. You have summed up that what you're doing and how you're doing is right. But if it does not align perfectly with the word of God, it's your logic, it's your reasoning. And it's half truth. So this is how the enemy, this is his method. He gets you in conversation. This is how marriages dissolve. It's the attitude of the heart. It's not what's said. It's the attitude of the heart. The other person can, they know you. It's just like you're saying you love the person, but they know the attitude of the heart. He is a only a genius because you permit and allow him to be. And the way to totally defeat him, because after if you allow these strongholds of deception and you think it because you go in church and you're reading, you're studying the word of God, but then the main commandment, which he says, love God with all your heart, your might, and your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. You can't get past the first commandment. We are supposed to be the light of the world. And if that's the case, there can be no darkness in us. God has a work for us to do, and I, I'm just very grateful that pastor and I are have taken on the I believe it's going to be more work but we humbly 
receive it because that means that we have to go harder and that means that you have to grow quicker you have to grow quicker it's time for you there's no cliches for the things that God has already said that's yours you don't need a word for what's yours the word has already stated what's yours he says his promises are yea and they are amen He said, I already know what you have need of. If I already have it prepared, fenced in, and sitting ready for you. It's just distraction and some of our disobedience that has delayed possession was already reserved and sitting ready for us. We have to stop trying to seek and find out what God has said. He said it all. It's already written. Now, to walk in what he said, we have to not only obey, but submit. Obedience, you can obey, but not have the right heart attitude when you obey. I learned today that obedience is division. Submission is oneness. Why does the word of God says, when you give, to be a cheerful giver? Because he said, then he says, don't give grudgingly. Thinking about what else I could have done with it. Hmm? Or don't give because you don't think you can give. He said, be a cheerful giver. Why did he say that? Because that means that you obey and you have submitted because submission brings the oneness you can obey and still be divided tell your child or the spouse to have a conversation with their wife or the husband vice versa and they do what is asked but they don't want to but they still just do it anyway so you can just shut up Just want you just to do it so you can just shut up. Not doing it because of submission. Submission brings the oneness. See, this is why we don't have the oneness with God. We're not submitted. Submission brings unity. And for us to overcome the enemy in this battle, you must be of truth. Because that, that is really <laughs> who he is. And you have to be righteous. We still have Christians who say that they are Christians, but they don't obey and they're not submitted to the one who they say they believe in. You can't still keep doing what you want to do and say that you are a Christian. I'm going to look down. How many of us, don't raise your hand, I just want to throw out the question. 
say we love the Lord and we're Christian, but we don't obey and submit to the word of God. In closing, uh, Ani had presented us a movie. What was the name of the movie with the guy that was in the wheelchair and he was on the marching band? His father actually had to I am potential. Wow. Okay, so this this is a true story. Uh, he was born with uh, a few, you know, disabilities. So he was in a wheelchair. No eyes. Um, obviously couldn't walk. Uh, very limited use still of his hands, right? His arms are too short. This was something he wanted to do. He wanted to be, he was good playing the wood, what piano. So, and he ended up being very, a very intellectual student. But he wanted to be on the marching band. And the instructor said, the qualification is that, hence marching band, you got to march, <laughs> to be on the marching band. So, his father, which was a businessman, um, real busy, long story short, he ended up agreeing to push him and move him around as the marching band march. That's really hard to do that with a wheelchair. Not only that, father had to make a decision. He had been offered a huge promotion his boss position his boss work was retiring he offered him a position but it meant that he would have to travel to be away from family x y and z he's ready for it but the end of the story basically is that he actually didn't take the job To me, it was more of a, not about his son. I believe it was about his call. It's about his call to ministry. It's about his call. And so, in story, because he did that, him and his son now goes around the world telling the story, changing people's lives, Simply because he really obeyed, I believe, a call. I don't know how many people probably would have done something like that to where, I mean, this was a huge, you know, promotion for this gentleman. My main point in saying this story is that when God calls you, and I'm talking about when you answer the call, there's going to be a real tremendous sacrifice you're going to have to make. So we're not talking about to come to church when you don't feel like it. There's going to, because he had to do something.
he had to give up his entire life. And the apostles gave up everything that they owned to follow. They gave up their careers. They had professions. I'm just saying for us to really get to work. God called you. It's not just about being up here and praying and talking and all that stuff. It's about your ministry. God call you, and I'm talking about that you really answer 100%. You know, sometimes we kind of like, huh, you're like your parent call you, huh, but you don't move. So you answer the call, but you didn't go to him. Just be ready when you really walk to God to fully answer him. Be prepared for the cost. Amen. Because other lives are dependent on it. Glory to God. Thank you, Pastor, for the word. Amen. Sit to your feet, please. Mm. I, I still hope you go and see the movie anyway. Kind of. Told you. Not everything, but it's okay. Oh, you talking about the movie? No. That's not the movie, is it? Yeah, that's the movie. I didn't know. I'm sorry. She's sorry, son. You're always sorry. Oh, you see. I'm so sorry. Sorry, guys. Still watch it. Act like you didn't hear it. It's still good. Okay. All right. Amen. Okay. Let's bow our hearts right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you. We give you glory in this place. I thank you for each and every individual that came out tonight, Father, to um, worship, Father, to fellowship, to connect with you, your Holy Spirit, Father. I thank you, Father, just for your goodness and your kindness and your mercy, Father, that you have shown us, Father, today. Thank you for protecting us from the warfare, Father. Thank you for allowing us to have the whole armor of God available for us, Father. We thank you for the blood that was shed on Calvary. Father, we honor you in this place. Father, we also, you said that you will bless them that bless your people. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Father. We honor you, Father. We glorify you today, Father. It's in Yeshua's name that we pray, Father. We honor you.